invite you to turn and pass the peace of Christ to this room. guys upstairs told you guys you had to stop talking to each other this time. <laughs> Wipe her down. Back to your seats. <laughs> and in that attitude, let's continue in song to our Lord. I love you guys. You're so fantastic and wonderful. And I'm excited to be in this wonderful Advent season with all of you.
for peace, and it is a reminder that God's gentle spirit brings peace and comfort in times of uncertainty. We'll now take a look at an upcoming special event here at church for Respite Night. Hi, I'm Allie Hall, the Director of Family Ministries here at Noblesville First. I wanted to tell you about a wonderful event we have coming up very soon. Next Respite Night is on December 11th from 6 to 9, where we will host children ages 5 through 18 with special needs in their very own winter wonderland. The kids will play games like indoor snowball fights, create crafts like a nativity bookmark, and they will even get their very own portrait with Santa. We love connecting with the community during this event, and it gives caregivers the chance to relax, go, go Christmas shopping, or even take a long winter's nap. But in order for that to happen, we need you. We need volunteers to serve with kids as special buddies, station leaders, or floaters throughout the event. Our respite night volunteer training session takes place on November 30th from 6 to 8.30. Each training is tailored to kids registered for the event, so you will have everything you need to serve our kiddos well. If you're interested in volunteering for respite night or have questions about the event, please feel free to contact me. and this is my daughter Madison. Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 and 2, and verse 7. If only you would tear open the heavens and come down. Mountains would quake before you, like fire igniting brushwood or making water boil. If you would make your name known to your enemies, the nations would tremble in your presence. All of us wither like a leaf. Our sins, like the wind, carry us away. No one calls on your name. No one bothers to hold on to you. For you have hidden yourself from us and handed us over to our sin. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of these words. Well, here we are, first Sunday of Advent. Can you believe it's already here? Oh, Thanksgiving, and now we're right into... First Sunday of Advent, on through Christmas. So tonight, I want to make sure you know about our Hanging of the Greens event here from 4 to 6.
come, we're going to hang the chrysomons in the sanctuary, and then we're going to decorate in different parts of the church. And then there will be Jimmy John sandwiches, chips, and cookies. And we'll do a classic Christmas sing-along right here in Celebration Hall. So come out tonight. Bring your friends and family. It's going to be a really fun time. And then if you have a, a youth, a student in our youth ministry from 6 to 8, we're going to play church games and have, uh, I think, chicken tenders. So you come for one, come for both. Everybody's welcome to, to come to that. So during our Advent season, we are going to be doing a series based on the Grinch. So how the Grinch stole Christmas, it is called The Heart That Grew Three Sizes. And to get in the spirit, one of our staff, Jan Howell, has a, her very own Grinch that she let me borrow this morning. Look what he does. to sing along. Oh, we got some. And then this, somebody asked about this. This is actually from the Janus Art Sale from last year. It's a Grinch wine bottle that was painted with a hat. And we're also having the, that art sale here on December 12th. So if you are interested in maybe getting your own, come for that here at the church as well. So how many of you are planning to watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas this season? Several, several. Of course, there are many different versions you can choose from, right? Now, my son Xavier's five, and he wants to watch all of them. So I'm sure that I will get to see every single one probably multiple, multiple times. What is it about that strange-looking creature that captures our attention year after year? What comes to mind when you think of the Grinch? Shout it out. What comes to mind? Mean, lonely, selfish. What? A tiny dog, a dog who loves him to pieces, grumpy, what else? Grinchy, just grinchy, right? Well, here are a few images of the Grinch from over the years. This one, of course, is the, the classic one, followed by Jim Carrey, and then this is the more recent one you can watch on Netflix that I think my kid likes the best. So take your pick, right? You got a whole bunch of images here of the Grinch over the years. Did you know that the Grinch was not originally green? So like when Dr. Seuss wrote the book, he never specified what color the Grinch was. But then when, a, when it got to the big screen, of course they made the Grinch green. Right? It makes sense. Green with envy, perhaps. So we've just gotten accustomed to the Grinch being green. So when Dr. Seuss originally published the Grinch... It was a standalone story in 1957. He set out to tell a story that was against the mainstream because he wanted to offer something other than the sentimental moralisms and gaudy offerings of the season. So he came up with this ill-tempered, bitter, angry character who hated Christmas. Dr. Seuss realized as he was writing the story that it was in many ways autobiographical. He realized maybe he was writing about himself. 
because he, like the Grinch, also loathed sleigh bells and sappy music and flashy decorations. And this was especially true at the time of his life when he was writing this because his wife, Helen, was struggling with many health issues at the time. So we are told that the Grinch hated Christmas, not just disliked, but hated it. Why? Well, the original story does not tell us very much. But as we watch this first scene from the original cartoon version, maybe we'll take note of what information we are given. Let's take a look. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Oh, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve, hating the Who's. Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every Who down in Whoville beneath was busy now, hanging a holly Who wreath. And they're hanging their stockings, he snarled for the sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers, nervously drumming. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. So we don't know, but Dr. Seuss tells us it could be that his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be, perhaps, that his shoes were too tight. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Now, if you've seen the version of the movie with Jim Carrey, there is some creative license taken as to why the Grinch hated Christmas. It tells us that maybe he was bullied as a child, that the kids teased him. He didn't look like everybody else. He was strange. They, they made fun of him a lot. But... For whatever reason, we're told the Grinch hated Christmas. We can also put together pretty quickly that the Grinch is a miserable who's. Now, if we could isolate two things in this story of the Grinch that makes him the most miserable or angry, it is this. One, other people's happiness, and two, envy or jealousy, which are two of the things that I heard you all say a little bit ago. Now, we all know the phrase, misery loves company, but the Grinch's problem is that he is miserable, but he has no one to keep him company in his misery. And since he has no company, he sets out to create some as he envies what others have. He thinks, if I take away Christmas, then others are going to join me in my misery. And really, who can blame him entirely? Because in the past 18 months of the pandemic, we have all had moments of miserable isolation, frustration, and perhaps even jealousy. We've all been through times of bitterness and anger, impatience and loneliness. 
Now, I am convinced that social media is one of the worst avenues for making us feel this way. Amen? Oh, my gosh. In this season of my life where I often feel alone in my parenting frustrations, for example, I find myself a bit bitter and envious of those parents of young kids who have family members nearby who are able and willing to help them frequently with their children. I think, man, that must be nice. Y'all come borrow mine for a bit. Or we look at images of people and their seemingly perfect families or their amazing-looking vacations, right, on social media, and we think, why isn't that me? Why don't I get to have that fancy-looking vacation or that perfect-looking family? Or perhaps you are in a place where you feel worn down by whatever this past year has thrown at you, and you are finding it hard to get in the Christmas spirit. Perhaps we are all more grinchy than we would like to admit. It's hard for us to hear sometimes that as people of faith, we read in Scripture over and over again that we are to uplift other people, to rejoice in others' happiness, to help people in need, and to support others in their sadness and helplessness. So if we are to learn more from the Grinch this Advent and Christmas season, we must ask ourselves whether there are times or situations in our lives when we follow the example of the Grinch more than we follow the messages that we find in Scripture about uplifting others and about compassion. We might find that the Grinch's story resonates with us year after year because it can help us understand our faith as followers of Jesus and the hope that we find in his birth and how God is calling us to respond to the inbreaking of God's kingdom, especially when signs of God's kingdom come from the most unexpected of places, from a baby in a manger to even a heart that was two sizes too small. I don't know about you, but there have certainly been times over the past few months where I feel as if my heart is smaller than it should be. Problems and pressures of the world, tragedies all around, and personal struggles. The text this morning from Isaiah continues to echo through our lives and our communities in this world that we see all around us. As the prophet addresses God and says, If only you would tear open the heavens and come down. If only, God, you would make yourself known to us. The writer continues with confessing the ways that we have sinned and fallen short, and it ends with the feeling that God is absent from our presence. I imagine that the Grinch may feel this kind of despair as he faces yet another Christmas season as he stares out from his cave and laments his miserable life. He's filled with hate for the season and his community. He's at a time in his life when everything is wrong. Nothing is lining up, and hope is nowhere to be found. This is how his story begins. In the same way, the season of Advent begins in the church, not with joyous celebration, but with the reality of sin and suffering in the world. It begins with the truth that we are in need of a Savior. Advent does not rationalize sin or suffering, but it simply names them as the starting point of the story. 
the very things from which Jesus comes to redeem us. So Advent, for those of us who are not too familiar with church speak, is simply the four weeks before Christmas. And the word Advent means coming. Coming as we anticipate the coming of the Christ child. In the church year, the scriptures reserved for this time of year for us to study and engage with remind us of our struggle with sin and suffering, both personal and communally. The places that we might shop or eat or even travel present us with shiny decorations and sparkling lights and holiday music. Those are all wonderful, but you have to admit there's a strange tension between the words that we hear in Scripture when we come to church during Advent and the things of the season that surround us. The scripture readings that we'll hear over the next few weeks leading up to Christmas are perhaps not as beautiful as the decorations or the music that we see and hear. Because we name that there is mourning and loss. We hear desperate words that cry out for a Savior because destruction and heartache seem imminent. We look around and see or feel suffering. We feel like the author of the text like an unclean cloth or a leaf that is taken away in the wind. We ask God to tear open the heavens and come down. We feel like the Grinch staring at the opening of an isolated and dark cave with nothing but frowns on our faces. Our hearts may feel two sizes too small. We are reminded over and over that God is with us, that Emmanuel will come to us, But sometimes we prefer to be on our mountain alone. But just as we know how the story ends for the Grinch, we too know how the story ends with Emmanuel, Jesus, God come down to us. In a time when we need to hear perhaps that it's okay not to be okay, we also must hold in our hearts the truth and hope and peace that are on the horizon. As we wait the light of the world, we must go about the busyness of opening our eyes and our hearts to receive it. For the Grinch, everything was wrong. Peace for his two sizes, too small heart was nowhere to be found. We look at him and see that he is in need of peace, not just the peace of Christ that Christ offers us, but peace within himself. We are told also to love our neighbors as ourselves, which the Grinch is struggling to do. But if we can't love our neighbors, if we don't love ourselves, we can't love ourselves. The Grinch, who was so distorted with hatred that he was unable to see Christmas for what it is. So this morning on our first Sunday of Advent, we must ask ourselves, what does our light communicate about God? And what are the distorted things in our lives that need redeeming? The good news is that we all have a God who is about redeeming what is hateful, what is ugly and broken. Sometimes that begins when we name those things in our lives that need repair, and we surrender them to God for that healing and transformation. As we begin this Advent season and learning from the Grinch, let's explore how we, too, 
can begin to transform our hearts and attitudes toward that of Christ Jesus, who is our Prince of Peace. Let us pray. God, we hear words today of desperation, of crying out to you and wondering where you might be. Why don't you tear open the heavens and come down? We also hear words that Emmanuel, God with us, will come. So Lord, we look around and we see busyness in our lives. We see perhaps things that break our hearts. We have our own struggles, our own brokenness, and things that are in need of redeeming. So as we enter into this time of waiting, of anticipation, of joy and also sadness, Lord, we ask that you would open our hearts to receive you. Let us know that we are yours and that you love us as we are, but also call us to new and holy things. Lord, today we know that we come with many things on our minds, people on our hearts, and situations that are in need of an extra healing touch. So in this moment, we surrender all of those people and situations to you. In this time of thanksgiving, in this time of anticipation, Lord, we simply ask just for moments of stillness that we know that you're with us. And Lord God, as we continue into our time together, we learn from the Grinch. That we recognize the ways that we are like the Grinch, but also ways that we can do better. May we have hope and peace in the ways that you will use us, even us, to further your message of grace and compassion. This we ask all in the name of Jesus, our Emmanuel, our Savior and Healer, who invites us to pray together the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. that 
a time of communion, which is an opportunity for us to join together at the table with our Lord, because Advent is a funny word. It means coming. But that is a coming for us that has happened, is happening, and will continue to happen into the future as our Lord Jesus Christ continues to dig into our lives and find new parts to inhabit, parts that maybe we've kicked him out of before or that we haven't opened up yet. And the Lord's table is an opportunity for Advent to occur, to come to the table and experience the Lord Jesus Christ coming into your life. Here in the Methodist Church, we believe in an open table, which means you don't have to be a member of this church or any church to take part in communion with us. The only thing we ask is that you desire a deeper relationship with God. You can approach the altar whenever you're ready. We don't have ushers to, to tell you when to come up. You can grab a cup. You can take it back to your seat. You can kneel at one of the kneeling benches if you'd like to share communion there. You could light a candle for someone or something if you'd like to be lifted up in prayer. We'll play some music in the background and give you the time that you need to come and experience the Advent here happening in this place. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come today and be a part of the worship that is happening here. To experience your spirit filling the room. To be a part of something together with others. It has been hard being without community for so long, for so many, for being isolated due to pandemics and everything else going on around us. God, we ask that you would, in real, powerful ways, come. And God, we ask as you do each week that you make these gifts of food and drink for us to be the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As you come, we remember the night that Jesus gave himself up bread and he broke it and he gave it to his friends and he said eat all of you this is my body which is for you and after supper he took the cup and he blessed it and he gave it to his friends and he said drink from this all of you this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins do this in remembrance of me
they all had like super long iPods at that point. But like the iPods came out like in the 2000s, and they're just like not even close to what they look like. <laughs> and it's okay to say that because <laughs> it's not retro. Nobody needs to know. I still use my iPod. Yeah. I still use my iPod. That's why you get. That's why I just use a streaming. I've also had the same streaming service since like 2007, so it has all my playlists, it's in my library, yeah, it is Napster. It used to be Rhapsody, and then Napster bought them. Dude, I have Napster. So we, we actually lost these speakers at one point, but then we brought them back. They're supposed to be balanced with the mid-flows, but I can't guarantee that. Can you hear them at all? Can you hear anything coming out of this at all? Okay. I mean, so it, well, that's the thing. There is, there's, there's, there's DSPs all through this thing trying to balance it all and that's not well, and there's a DSP that technically puts a delay on the mid-flows because to make it look even. Right. I, no, I don't. I couldn't tell you that. I can tell you the mid one is, doesn't work. This doesn't work at all. But the side one should. Yeah, we just left it. Well, we had an opportunity to fix it, and I was like, nah, just leave that one dead. I don't need the mids. Thank you. then if you're in front of them, you can't hear anything. You lose a lot of sound. Right. <laughs> All right, hi, band. We're going to be quick here, hopefully, because we already went through a number of songs today. So we'll look at whatever you guys want to look at, obviously, but this is going to stay pretty quick. We're just going to go in alphabetical order. <laughs> which puts away in a manger of room. I think I have Emmanuel, Hallow of Manger, like, second, which might be, like, the 